baby. Collegiate American tackle football. What a weekend, boys. What a weekend. We had one huge upset, uh, which kind of, I guess, wasn't massive after they lost to Kansas State. Uh, We had another that was on the brink of being one of the bigger upsets in the last, shoot, 10 years, maybe, uh, with Georgia, if Missouri would have knocked them off. Um, Luckily for my sanity, that did not happen, and uh, Georgia came away with the win uh, only by four points, which is just awful. Yeah, let's um, let's let's start there. Let's start there with that Missouri game. Let's with the Missouri Georgia game because okay. I mean on our notes page, that's the first one that comes up. Let's start there because can I be honest? I never felt like Georgia was in doubt. Of, I think you thought I was being completely sarcastic the other night, and I was sprinkling some car- sarcasm in there on uh on Saturday with, with. But I legitimately never felt like Georgia was in danger of losing that game. No, I honestly didn't feel that way either. I mean, I was sitting in a room with a couple people who kind of were Georgia fans that were watching it with me on my phone and uh, at the golf event I was at this weekend. And they were pretty worried. They were like, oh, do you think Georgia's going to lose? Do you think Georgia's going to lose? And like everybody else knows I was a big Georgia fan. So they were kind of they were kind of biting at me the whole time. And I'm like, honestly, I don't I never really felt that way at the fourth quarter. When Georgia was down twenty-two to twelve with like twelve minutes left, I was like, "All right, uh, we need to get something going here." I'm going to start to lose a little bit of faith, but uh, it ended up working out. Uh, my sanity, for the most part, was together for most of that game. I was honestly just pissed that the be, just because of the way that Georgia looked after Alabama looked so good against uh, Arkansas, even after Bryce Young went out. And then Ohio State looked fantastic against Rutgers. Yet again, the last couple of weeks, they've just been blowing people out, especially now that Jackson Smith and Jig was back. So, I mean, that's that's Georgia's comparisons right now are those two teams. So Georgia's got to keep rolling. Uh, Georgia's got to be dominant, or Georgia's going to continue to fall down the board and look worse. And uh, if, if, if Georgia does slip up this year and the committee doesn't think they're worthy of a number four spot, we might be playing in another sugar bowl. And Lord knows I do not want to go to new Orleans again. Yeah. I I think you're good. I don't think you have anything to worry about. Look, I mean, like, like Georgia I actually was talking to somebody about this. I may have actually mentioned to you, but I was talking to a coworker a couple weeks ago. It was actually after the Alabama, Texas game. And I said, you know, the crazy thing is, is I could see the exact opposite of what happened last year happening this year, where Alabama kind of runs the table for the rest of the way. Georgia gets in some dog fights because Stetson Bennett was playing out of his mind for those first few weeks. And he's since come back down to earth a little bit. But he, I still think that he's he's obviously good enough to, to win them big games. And I still think he's a good quarterback, a good college quarterback. But I said I could absolutely see Georgia, Alabama in the SEC championship, both undefeated, or Georgia with one loss, their backs up against the wall, Alabama undefeated, Georgia winning the SEC championship, and then Alabama beating them in the natty and kind of being a role reversal from last year. And I still feel that way. Like I don't see any team in the East that's going to challenge Georgia. or Yeah, it's going to challenge Georgia except maybe Tennessee. Maybe. Yeah. And – Tennessee is just – it's their offensive style that I think is going to give Georgia fits. And Georgia doesn't have the defensive depth that they had last year. And to, and they're not – they're still a very talented group, but 
you get you're starting to see now that there is a gap in where they were last year compared to this year because you can't lose that much talent and stay the same that they lost in the draft. And, you know, in, there, there's a lot of youth. So the Georgia's going to get better as the season goes on. Uh, isn't Malachi Starks like a freshman? Is he a yeah. true freshman? Yeah, he's I a mean, freshman. It, there's there's three or play, four. There's three freshmen that start for Georgia this year on defense. Malachi Starks specifically, I, I, there was one game that I was paying attention to, and, I mean, he played really, really well. And then he kind of wasn't as good in that Kent State game. But overall, I mean, he's been – He's been really good. There's just you're young, and I mean you're gonna have games. They haven't learned how to 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 be that dominant force yet. But hey, Georgia won a win. A win's a win. You know, on to the next week. They're still undefeated, and I still think Georgia's one of the best two teams in the country. Honestly, one of my bigger takeaways from this weekend is that this season there is absolutely nobody who will challenge Alabama for the SEC West. Like, coming into this year, I thought A&M was going to be that team. I thought Arkansas had a chance to be that team. Ole Miss, I mean, Ole Miss is still a really good football team. They could potentially um, knock Alabama off. They could challenge them. Um, I know that game is at Ole Miss this year, which kind of gives it somewhat of a running. But, I mean, watching Ole Miss the first couple games, I don't really see them as that team. Um, I think they're maybe a top 15 team. I don't, I couldn't see them being a top five team. So with how Arkansas has looked against A&M last week and against Bama this week, I mean, to me, it's, it's pretty easy to see that Bama is probably not going to lose a game. I mean, I think the only team that could knock off Alabama and honestly, Georgia, um, disregarding the Missouri game this weekend is going to be Tennessee. And that's the team that everybody's looking at because they play both teams, um, I, you know, I've, I've said in the group message that I think Tennessee will knock off either Georgia or Alabama by the end of the season, which I'd say is still a pretty bold take, even with how they've looked this year. But to me, the way Georgia's looked on defense last two weeks, um, Alabama's shown that on defense, especially in the passing game, they could be susceptible as a little bit as well. And with Tennessee's offense being as, as explosive as they've been, um, they could absolutely happen. So. Yeah, and and I look at last year's game, and we talked. I, I said this a couple weeks ago, whenever or maybe even last week, that Tennessee scares me a little bit, especially with that game being in Knoxville. Uh, that's not a friendly place to play. And now with Bryce Young being injured, and I know that Jalen Milrow came in, and and I'm pouring one. I'm a spoiler, and I'm going to pour one out for that kid later on because uh, he he came in and didn't really miss a beat, but. Alabama showed it was it was really weird because it almost felt like there was two games that were played within that game. Alabama comes out, opens up 14-0, Bryce Young gets hurt, and then Monroe comes in, it's 28-0, and the next thing you know, you turn around, it's 28-23. And Arkansas had gotten themselves right back into the game, and it kind of felt like, wait a second, what's going on here? And then, obviously, Jameer Gibbs and, and Milrow kind of put it away in the second half. And Arkansas had the onside kick, and there was a little bit of uh, there. There were some some things that Arkansas had go their way that kept them in the game there for that that bit. But Alabama shows that defensively they're still very susceptible to give up points. And like last year, that Tennessee game was a dogfight, and that's where Alabama is going to have to improve. Is they're going to have to continue to get teams off the field on on defense they've got to their defense the defense has got to do a good job of of 
getting off the field on third downs and uh, you know, not allowing, like in the Texas game, I think where we struggled a lot was we let Texas get into a lot of third manageable, keeping teams in third and long, and then really putting it on when we get a chance. So uh, I, I enjoyed seeing that from Alabama this weekend. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but – that was a great win in my in, in from in my viewpoint because it was on the road in Fayetteville and in in a pretty hostile environment. They were fired up for that game. They thought they were going to be the team that uh, was destined to beat the the Tide this year, and they uh, yet again weren't. So, done by me. Yeah, man. Honestly, I felt like the Oklahoma TCU game was going to go the way that that Arkansas Alabama game went, um, especially after TCU went up pretty early. Uh, but that was not the case. I mean, Tennessee, TCU absolutely ran away with that game. Uh, Max Duggan accounted for like 400 and something yards, which is absolutely absurd because that guy is not even that good of a quarterback. So I don't know what the hell is going on with Oklahoma this year. Looking bad against Kansas State, turnaround, looking bad against TCU, their first two conference games. Uh, they have Texas this week, and Texas is getting Quinn Ewers back after he went down in the Alabama game. I really have no idea what is going to happen with Oklahoma. I mean, if they start 0-3 in the Big 12, uh, that's a that's a bad start for old Brent Venables. Oh, I completely agree with you there. It's not a good look. And I know that it's year one and you never hit the panic button too early in year one because, you know, we can all look back at, at that first year of Kirby Smart and the first year of Nick Saban and their respective positions and things didn't always go their way. I think the difference is in this era of college football when you have the the transfer portal. I mean, like even five years ago or six years ago, whenever it was that uh, that Kirby's first year was, I guess six years ago now. Uh, it's kind of hard to say that you can't get quick fixes, and I think Oklahoma made a little enough of a quick fix on defense. But then, man, they like they looked really good on defense those first few weeks, and. Last week they looked a little suspect. They made Adrian Martinez look like a real Heisman contender at 29 years old. And then this week they let TCU kind of just do whatever they wanted. I mean, TCU had their way. And I th- I think we got to start giving TCU a little more credit as a as a really good football team cuz there they are sitting at 4 and 0. And at first it was like, oh, well, you know, they beat Colorado and they beat Tarleton and those aren't really great teams. And then SMU is a pretty good team. And it's uh, the, the Dallas and Dallas and Fort Worth uh, proximity rivalry. And then I just didn't see Oklahoma coming in and getting punched in the mouth like that. That was bad. I wonder, do has anyone asked Lando? I know Lando isn't on this week to, to give us his take. What What is Lando's take on, on Oklahoma? He has completely ghosted me since the Oklahoma game, so I have absolutely no idea uh, what his take is at all. Last I talked to him was after the Kansas State game, and you know he was talking on last week saying... He didn't think that was a bad loss. No, he didn't think Kansas State was a bad loss. He just thought Kansas State was a better team than people were giving him credit for. And I mean, well, What about this week? I think he kind of gave up. <laughs> yeah, I no. mean, I haven't heard a word from him. I'd be curious to know his take on it, but we might have to wait until next week to get that, but we'll see. He, he probably won't text about it. I'm about to say, he hasn't even been posting in the group message or anything no so. it doesn't get any easier for oklahoma because after texas they ha- they get kansas who has shown that they're scrappy and you know they may not be i still don't know what to make of kansas but if they get enough momentum going i mean that game's in norman but ali and then and then following that up 
Uh, Iowa State on the road, not an easy place to play. Then they get Baylor. Then they go to Morgantown uh, before we get potentially one of the last Bedlam games. So uh, Oklahoma's got a a rough schedule to tow. And I'll be honest, if you would have asked us, and and we talked about it two weeks ago, it, Oklahoma was a, a, an on-the-bubble playoff team for me. I mean, the way the offense was clicking, Dylan Gabriel's looked really good out there. The defense has played a lot more physical. They've been playing fast. They got a lot more athletic. And suddenly, I feel like Dylan Gabriel regressed a little bit this past week. And I, I just don't even know what to, what to think about Oklahoma right now. No, I was the same way, Matt. I had him um... – before the season started, I said there were three teams that were in a tier of their own, and it was Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama, only three teams that could win a national championship this year. And then going through the season, I added Oklahoma to that tier, and I added Michigan. And Oklahoma, to me, after I mean, after the, after Kansas State, I took them out. After TCU, I don't even have them in the top 25 anymore. I mean, I, I don't even know what to think about them. But... um. I mean, honestly, looking at the Big 12, they've been completely different than I thought they would be this year. The tiers are completely off. Um, I thought Baylor and Oklahoma would be the top two teams. Um, I thought Oklahoma State would take a big step back. And so far, Oklahoma State has looked like the best team in the Big 12. And honestly, Kansas has been right there with them. I mean, Kansas looks great. They're not blowing teams out um, now that they're actually in conference play, but they're they're winning games. They're 5-0. and um, They're hosting college game day this weekend against TCU, who's also 5-0. and um, and the winner of this game is going to come out as the number two team in the Big 12 going into next week. So uh, kind of interesting to see how it's going. Like, I, I mean, I don't see Oklahoma coming back from it. I don't see them playing in the Big 12 championship or in a sugar bowl. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes for the old, uh, the old Midwest Conference. As you know, while all of this was going on, I was in Oxford, Mississippi in the Grove. In Vaughn Hemingway Stadium for quarter and a half until Lucy just couldn't deal anymore. Uh, she freaked out over the flyover, but Ole Miss. Uh, watching that game, I watched the, the second half in the Grove. Watching that game was weird because I, I've i kind of looked at Kentucky as like a top 15 team, not not, not really a top 10 team. And they've played. They played themselves into that top ten level, and then Ole Miss and them, I feel like, are so close and so equal. Uh, the Ole Miss defense was the big story for me coming out of this game, and how they they did they they forced turnovers and made plays when they had to 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 win that game. And now they're a top ten team, according to the AP poll. Uh, what, what do you th- what do you think about the the Rebs on on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I thought the Rebs looked good. Um, I thought Kentucky looked pretty good as well. I, I thought after that Florida game, um, just the way that I feel about Florida this year, I kind of thought that Kentucky was a little bit worse than I originally thought they were. Um, but going up against Ole Miss, it was a close game. Um, I think both of them are neck and neck on talent level. I mean, um, Ole Miss, I think defensively is a lot better than I thought they were this year. Um, still, to me, I mean, when it comes to playing like a Georgia or an Alabama, I, I still don't think they're going to hold up. Uh, but Jackson Dart looks good. The running game for Ole Miss looks really good. It looks a lot better than it did last year. Um, and last year was pretty solid, too. So um, I like Ole Miss. I mean, I think Ole Miss is a good football team. I think Ole Miss is probably going to end up second in the SEC West, which is saying a lot. But 
Um, nah, I didn't get to watch a ton of the game, so I don't have a ton of take on like what actually happened on the field. But I thought both teams, just looking back at highlights and stuff, looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a fair assessment. The thing with Ole Miss, to me, is Jackson Dart has gotten a little bit better each week. He's progressing. But as far as receivers go, Ole Miss hasn't really had any receivers that have stepped up and become like the dude. Malik Keith is kind of starting to fall in that role. Uh, but it's all been about the run game. And Sean Judkins, a true freshman out of the state of Alabama, was a three-star at his, I believe, fourth 100-yard rushing game. Fourth 100-rushing yard game. Like, it, it's unreal. I mean, he's a, as a true freshman. And Zach Evans has been hurt a little bit the past couple weeks, so uh, they've relied on him a little bit more. But uh, I agree with you. Ole Miss is not going to be able to compete with an Alabama or a Georgia, and I really feel like the thing that, from an Alabama standpoint, kind of makes me nervous is if you look at Ole Miss's schedule, they've got Vandy this week. The week after that, Auburn. So, realistically, you're looking at most likely they should be 7-0. and Auburn is in Oxford. So, if they're 7-0, and then they go to Baton Rouge at night, most probably at night. I'm assuming it's going to be at night. They go to Baton Rouge. Uh, I think that they very well easily could come out of that game 8-0 and then they go to College Station. If they beat A&M, which I think they very well could, then you're looking at 9-0 and Ole Miss, 9-0 and Alabama potentially. Oxford, Grove, game day is probably going to be there, and we all know what happened last time that that went down. Uh, then you know, the, the Ole Miss back end of the schedule is pretty brutal, though, because as you heard, at Baton Rouge, at – uh, A&M, home for Alabama, on the road in Arkansas, and then at home for the Egg Bowl. So, uh, road to toe for the Rebs, but I see them, I still see them as being a 9-3 and three team. I think that they're going to slip up in, in three games just with the inexperience at quarterback and Jackson Dart making some mistakes. Yeah, I'm with you, man. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into our pour one out, cut them off segment. Uh, it's just me, Matt, and Keys today. So, Matt, why don't you get us started? Yeah, so I'm going to be pouring two out. Um, pouring one out for Oxford. It's a lot of wasted because, beer, Matt. I know that you never. It's a, it's a party foul, I guess, that I'm committing this week. Pouring, but, uh, pouring two out at Oxford? That is just absurd. No, pouring one out for Oxford. Because, again, the Grove was incredible this weekend. It was homecoming week. So the Grove was packed, even for an 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, whenever I was walking through the Walk of Champions at one point to try and find a friend of mine in another tent, uh, as I'm going through the crowd, it just came to a complete standstill. And there was nobody moving anywhere. You could not move. It's person to person. The, 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 it, was, it was unbelievable. But the food, the hospitality, the drinks – the atmosphere is it's second to none. Uh, you can never go wrong with going to Oxford, Mississippi on a Saturday in the fall. Uh, so if you've never been, go check it out. And then the other one, I'm, I'm pouring another one out for Jalen Milrow. I mentioned it earlier, coming in. And a lot of times as a backup quarterback, especially at Alabama, when you're coming in behind a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback in Bryce Young, you can 
maybe not mentally prepare yourself to come into a game. He comes into a game on the road and doesn't miss a beat. Huge win for the Tide. Uh, Jalen Milrow, I have complete confidence in him moving forward if we if we need him. And then, uh, so shout out Jalen, pour one out for him. Then I'm cutting off C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats. Because if I hear Kentucky fans say that one more freaking time, I'm going to lose my mind. That is, number one, it's the dumbest chant I've ever heard a fan base be proud of. And number two, my God, it's so annoying. And they just kept doing it the whole way from the Grove to the stadium. And there was a bunch of Kentucky fans in Oxford this weekend Never had an issue with Kentucky fans until this weekend because they are they're awful. They're awful. I'm cutting off Kentucky. The CATS, 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 cats. Wit. So I am pouring one out for the beautiful game of golf. I love golf. Uh, I played in a tournament this weekend. Um, I actually played in two tournaments. I played in a charity scramble on Thursday with some customers, played 18 holes. I uh, got to do a little drinking, got to do a little eating, turned around, drove to Villarica Thursday night, ended up in Villarica from Thursday night all the way till Sunday. I played 27 holes Friday, 27 holes Saturday, and 18 holes Sunday. And uh, it, it was a blast. I had a great time. Got to meet some very interesting people. Uh, the event was for in honor of a good buddy of mine, Danny Connors. Uh, his grandpa passed away about 25 years ago, I believe. Uh, but when he was alive, he used to take Danny's father and his two sons out to golf outings um, every single year um, because he wanted to get all the guys together for these big trips. They always traveled. It was always somewhere cool. Um, and and every other year, they added people. They would add best friends of, of people. They had family friends. Um, so they started this tournament doing that same thing where they're adding more family friends are adding people, and they donate some money towards, um, I believe he died of cancer, so I think it's cancer research. Um, and uh, and then you play for money as well. So uh, it was a really good time. I ended up winning about $85, I think, off a couple skins, but um, it was lots of fun. Uh, but I am also cutting off the game of golf, uh, mostly for my own game, because I played like absolute dog crap. Uh, I shot 111 the first day. Uh, 108 the second day, and then 102 the third day. Uh, and there was also a team scramble in there. And going into the final nine for the scramble, we were up five. We were minus five, and the next highest score, I think, was a minus three. And uh, and we blew the lead. We had five birdie putts on the nine. We missed all of them. We ended up seven under. I think we had an eagle on a par five, and that's the only – uh, the only strokes we got back, so really upsetting. Could have won another fifty dollars. Uh, ended up down for the weekend, but had a great time still. And uh, even though I am absurdly sore, even still after two days, it was a good time, and I'll be doing it next year. Keys, who you pouring out for? So actually, I'm uh, going to cut off Whit Barfield for uh, not coming to the Falcons game with me, and instead of playing golf, not really. I'm not- uh, I, I can, I can. I could say I'm all right with missing the Falcons, even, even though they won. I'm okay with missing win. the Falcons. It was the Falcons-Browns game, so uh, I'm, that's not my cutoff. I'm just still salty. But going to be pouring one out for the Braves. I feel like we need to talk about it. How about that sweep over the Mets? Oh, really put God. themselves in a great position here for oh, the playoffs. And speaking of that, I was with all Mets fans this weekend. Really? So they was, and, and one Brave, or two Braves fans, Danny's mom and Danny's brother, 
uh, are both Braves fans, which is funny because his dad's from New York, and he's a huge Mets fan, and Dan's a huge Mets fan, and his brother was in town, uh, his dad's brother, huge Mets fan, so it was nonstop screaming, and uh, I actually got my nipples twisted by Mr. Rick, so... <laughs> Um, a lot, lots and lots of fun. It was an exciting series for sure. It was really awesome to see them come in and take care of business. Massive chop on. And I will be cutting off Georgia rat poison because they, they're just getting a little cocky. And it's just something that we don't see Georgia do very often because they don't ever, you know, have a national championship to gloat. But, uh, you know, some of the Georgia players going over to the Mizzou sideline, flashing their ring fingers, things like that. It's going to put them in a bad position if they don't if they don't check it. Well, good deal. Uh, moving on, we got our locks of the week. Matt, who are you locking this week? So, uh, probably a little bit of an unpopular lock coming off of this past weekend, but uh, I'm going with my lock of the week being Arkansas plus eight at Mississippi State. It's a noon kickoff. Mississippi State's coming off of a massive win over Texas A&M. Uh, that, that, well, at least that's what everybody's calling it. Arkansas off the two back-to-back losses. I really don't see Arkansas necessarily losing three and three and zero, or really getting beat by more than a touchdown in this game. Uh, so I think that Arkansas comes into this game. They uh, that that uh, KJ Hendrick Jefferson is going to play out of his mind and give me Arkansas plus eight against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Wit. So my lock of the week is the same lock I had last week, uh, even though we really didn't do locks, um, and that's UCLA. Uh, UCLA last week, I guarantee you nobody watched this game except for me because I woke up at 1 a.m. and ended up watching the second half uh, because it started at 10.30. They beat uh, Washington, who was the number 15 team in the country, was undefeated coming into that game, and uh, and UCLA looked really good in that game. Um, A lot of people... Haven't given them a lot of credit. I don't even think they're ranked yet, actually. So, um, and they're a plus four and a half. They're plus four and a half against Utah. Utah's looked really good, too. But to me, people aren't giving UCLA enough credit. I think UCLA is the best team in the Pac-12 outside of USC. And honestly, they might even be better than USC. So, um, I'm locking them up. So, I think they're going to win. Keys. I actually did watch that game, Wit. Of course you did. Of course, you, you you're probably drunk like I was on Friday night watching the game. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> Keys, who are you logging? Uh, all right, so you know I don't pick the rest of the game, so we're going to go with Georgia Southern as my lock. I'll probably end up doing that all season long, let's be honest. Georgia State is a three-point favorite. I think that's pretty close, honestly, with how Georgia Southern's been playing lately. Uh, I, I really think the Eagles can fight for this game. I think it'll be close. It, it, that three-point, I like that, but I will say that I think Georgia Southern is going to squeak it out. Hopefully the rivalry comes out and they, they pick it up after the last couple of weeks. After probably one of the worst broadcasts I've ever watched. I know like a lot of people were talking about it on Twitter, how bad like the white balance was off. It sounded like eighties commentary, like this crappy mics and everything. It was just a horrible broadcast. The colors of the field, Coastal Carolina's field looks terrible anyway. But you throw like some bad cameras on it, it's just awful. So after watching that game, I'm hoping they come back and they beat Georgia State by. I'm going to go with if three is correct. Well, perfect. That's a great rollway into our first game of the week. We got Georgia Southern at Georgia State playing in our old home of the Atlanta Braves, Turner Field. Uh, Georgia State is a three point favorite. Matt, who you got? 
I I really don't like picking this game because I don't want to give Georgia State any credit for anything because I'm not a big fan of the Kitty Cats. Uh, So I'm going to pick Southern to cover, but I really do think that – and you know what? I'm going to pick Southern to win. Give me Southern to win because I'm not going to pick Georgia State, even though I think Georgia State is overall a better football team than Georgia Southern this year, and they're playing at home. Uh, I think that Georgia Southern is is uh, ready to step up and, and play good Georgia Southern football again, and that Clay Helton's going to have them boys ready to play. Let's go. Hail Southern. With. Hail Southern. Yeah, I'm with y'all. Georgia Southern, I think Georgia Southern wins this game big. Georgia State is 1-4. and four. If you look at their schedule, they've played some pretty good teams, but they got clobbered by Coastal Carolina at home, and uh, and Georgia Southern was – a drive away from beating Coastal Carolina at Coastal Carolina. So, to me, Georgia Southern's a better football team. Uh, our, the offense is better. I think Georgia State's going to score some points, so it's going to be a close game. But I got Georgia Southern. I think Georgia Southern wins by at least 17. Moving on to our next game, we got the CBS SEC game of the week. We have Auburn at number two, Georgia, or the first of two SEC games of the week, I might say. Uh, and Georgia is a 30-point favorite coming off that game against Missouri. So, Matt, what do you think about this one? I think Georgia blows them out, but I do think Auburn covers with like a 28 or 27-point loss. I think it's like a 30-3 to type of game. Auburn, uh, Robbie Ashcraft is a very young quarterback. He doesn't have a lot of experience. Auburn competed really well against LSU, but LSU is kind of banged up. I don't see Auburn competing that well with this Georgia team. Georgia's coming off of a bad flat performance. Really, two flat performances in a row. I think Kirby straightens it out this week in some uh, you know, in, in the in the South's oldest rivalry. So give me Georgia to dominate Auburn, but Auburn to get a little backdoor cover with like a twenty seven point win. That's what that's what I'm thinking. Georgia. The, the deep south's oldest rivalry, Matt. Deep South's oldest rivalry. Uh, this was the first rivalry in the SEC that's uh, been played for over, I don't even care, I don't even know, like 300 years or something like that. Something <laughs> crazy. Something wild. Uh, but Georgia, I think Georgia's going to win the game. I think Georgia's going to win pretty big. I don't think Georgia covers the 30 points either. Um, I think Georgia should cover that much, but the way that they've looked the last two weeks, uh, I think Georgia's a team you can't really trust, especially against the spread right now until they show you that you, they can be trusted again. Um, I'm going to say Georgia wins. I think Georgia wins. Somewhere in like the 30 to 3 sounds good. I, I honestly think the way that Robbie Ashby played against LSU, I think they're going to score a little more points than everybody believes. Uh, I'm going to say they get back to that 17. Uh, I'm going to say like 31, 34, 17 Georgia in that game. Uh, moving on to another gay SEC game. I actually am surprised this is not the CBS game this week. To be completely honest, uh, number eight Tennessee at number twenty-five LSU. Um, LSU coming off the comeback win over Auburn, and Tennessee uh, coming off the bye week after their win against Florida two weeks ago. Uh, Matt, who you got? Yeah, I the way that the the TV games have played out and the times have played out this year has been bizarre. There's been a lot of really good noon games, and then the night games have just been so-so. Uh, but this game. If it was a night game in LSU, I think it's a little more intimidating for for a, a team like Tennessee to go in and play. A noon game, 
I like Tennessee's chances in this. Uh, I think Tennessee wins this game and covers. Uh, I think LSU is a good team, and Jaden Daniels is playing well, and Brian Kelly says he's about back to 100%. But, uh, look, I, I, I really think that Tennessee is is for real this year. I think they're very deserving of a top-10 spot. And I'm going to go Tennessee, and they win this game by six. I think Tennessee should win this game. And honestly, I think Tennessee is a much better football team than LSU this season. Uh, but the fact that it's at LSU, um, I know it's not a night game, but to me, I've seen Georgia play at LSU in a 330 game. I've seen noon games at LSU. It's still rocking. I mean, it's Death Valley. That place is crazy. I've been to LSU. It is wild. The fans show up to every single game. Um, it is, it is always crazy. So I'm going to go LSU here. I think they pulled the upset. I think this is one of Tennessee's two or three losses they had this year. Um, I don't think Tennessee loses very many more games. Um, but I think this is where LSU kind of proves to everybody that they are a top 25 football team. They're good enough to stick around. They're good enough to compete with some of the better teams. Um, even though they're probably a year or two away from being, in the national title contention again. Um, so I'm going to say LSU gets a win. This is LSU's biggest win of the season and uh, Tennessee's first loss. So moving on, getting outside the SEC, we're going to, where is it? Arlington, Texas for the Texas-Oklahoma Red River rivalry. Um, Oklahoma coming off the beatdown loss to TCU and Texas coming off a win this week after their loss to Texas Tech. So both teams kind of stumbling in this week. So, uh, we'll see what happens here. But, um, yeah, should be a good game. Matt, what are you thinking? It's really hard for me to pick Oklahoma to lose three games in a row this year. And it's also hard for me to pick Texas to beat Oklahoma because it seems like every year Texas has Oklahoma on the ropes and finds a way to lose it. Uh, but I'm going to do it again anyways. If Quinn Ewers is healthy and plays the whole game against Oklahoma, uh, I think Texas has got a really good chance at beating pretty much anybody uh, if, if they're able to move the ball like they did against Alabama. Uh, and I think the offense was – it was just a completely different offensive dynamic in the little bit of time that I've seen Quinn Ewers play this year versus uh, I can't even think of his name off the top of my head right now. Hudson Card. Hudson Card, yes. Uh, anytime that uh, I saw him running the offense, it just wasn't running as efficiently or effectively as Sark wants that offense to be run. So I think that Quinn Ewers comes back. I think that if, if, if he truly is healthy, he's a difference maker. And I'm going to pick Texas to win this game by a touchdown late. See, the way I see it is if Max Duggan, uh, oh gosh, if Max Duggan, Kendra Miller, and Tay Barber can all go off against Oklahoma, so can Xavier Worthy, Bijan Robinson, and Quinn Ewers if Quinn Ewers is back in the game. I think if Quinn Ewers plays, uh, well, I'd like to say that Texas would win this game pretty largely, um, but to me, it's a Red River rivalry. This game is always close. doesn't matter how good these teams are. Both teams kind of limping in. Uh, I think Texas is going to win if Quinn Ewers plays. If Hudson Carr plays, I will pick Oklahoma, assuming Dylan Gabriel gets to play in this game. Uh, but if Quinn Ewers plays, Dylan Gabriel plays, I think Quinn Ewers does enough uh, with the passing game 
to beat Oklahoma. I think B. John Robinson has a huge game. I, th- I just think Oklahoma's defense, even with Brent Venables calling plays, is just not there yet. They they still have some recruiting to do. They have some personnel changes to make. Uh, give them a couple years. I think Oklahoma will be back eventually. But this year, man, I mean, after these first two weeks, it's hard to have any belief in that team right now. Moving on to our next game, we got the 7 p.m. CBS game, SEC uh, game of the week. We got Texas A&M hobbling in after getting killed by Mississippi State, uh, taking on number one Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Tus- uh, Alabama is a 24-point favorite. Matt, who you got? So I, I think that uncertainty of Bryce Young is going to be the thing that the national media talks about, and they latch on to that narrative for the week. And rightfully so. I mean, the the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, whether he starts or not, is is a big loss. Especially, I really feel like the offense is is finally starting to really click this season. Right as Bryce got hurt, uh, but it didn't really seem to miss much of a beat. Now there was a little gap there in that game where Jalen Milrow was not moving the ball as effectively. Uh, I don't, and and he's a little more apt to run in the ball taking off and running the ball than Bryce is a little bit bigger of a kid too. So I I think 24 is a lot. And I feel like A&M may have come into the, the Mississippi state game, not necessarily being fully prepared for what they were about to face in Mississippi state. Um, Hey, Alabama wins this game. And, and I honestly can see it being closer than it should be. But I can also see Alabama winning like they did in 2014 in like 59 to nothing fashion. Just an absolute massacre in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I think Alabama wins either way, and I think it's it, it should be a big a big win for the Tide. See, this game right now feels exactly like it did last year, where last year coming into the game, everybody's gone. This was the biggest game coming into the season um, in the SEC. Um, everybody wanted to be at this game. Everybody wanted to watch this game. This is the 7 p.m. CBS kickoff game this season. If, if this game was at College Station, I would say maybe some black magic could be in the air, uh, just like it was last year. But this year, I think it's an absolute massacre. I mean, I think we see Alabama fully unleash, um, especially with the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban drama from this offseason. So. Uh, I think Bryce Young comes back. I think he plays. I think he throws for 400 yards. I think the receivers look unreal. Uh, I think Jameer Gibbs has like 250 yards of offense again. Uh, and I don't even think this game is close. Uh, I, The only way I see A&M winning this game is if they make a change at quarterback. And honestly, if they fire their offensive coordinator before this game starts, which I don't, definitely don't see that happening. So, um, If they stick Connor Wegman in and maybe he can provide some kind of spark, maybe that's how A&M wins this game. But... With Max Johnson, with uh, Haynes King, I just don't see it. So I'm going to go Alabama. I think they cover. Um, honestly, I think they cover double what the spread is. I think it's a 50-point game. So I'm going Bama big. And uh, on to our final game of the week. This is the college game day game. Uh, it's actually a noon game, which is kind of funny. Uh, we got number 17, TCU, coming off their big win against Oklahoma, taking on number 19, and undefeated Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, it's in Lawrence, Kansas. And Kansas is a seven-point underdog against TCU. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I really... It's really cool that game day is going to Lawrence, Kansas for the first time ever. That's a really cool story. 
it kind of gets gets those vibes of like 2014 Alabama Ole Miss, where it was the first time that game day had ever gone to Oxford, and the fans are probably going to go out in droves, and Lawrence, Kansas is going to be rocking, and I think it's going to be really cool, but I'm being honest, I don't really think that Kansas is all that good. I understand that they're 5-0, and and I'm not taking anything away from them. Winning is winning is winning is winning is winning. Uh, but haven't really seen them beat down at what I think is a really good team. I think Lance Leipold's doing a great job as a head coach there, and it is Kansas uh, at the end of the day. I just think TCU's a better team than them, and I think they've got more athletes, and they're better coached than they were last year. So I'm looking at TCU coming into this game, and I think that the seven points is fair, and I think that they win, and I think they may even cover. They may win by 10. I just don't think that Kansas is going to be able to continue on with what they've done. Uh, they've got a tough stretch the rest of the Big 12 schedule, and uh, I, I, I like TCU in this game. If you go back and watch every single game from this season for TCU in Kansas, I think TCU on film and in the stat book is a better football team. Uh, I think the talent's better. I think you could say quarterback play is better. Uh, Jalen, well, no, Jalen Daniels is really good. Um, but look at the skill players, the defense. TCU has outplayed Kansas uh, based on what Kansas has done so far. But with this game being in Lawrence, Kansas, with college game day being there for the first time and who knows how long, if not ever, uh, but I think it's probably the first time ever. And uh, with the magic that Kansas has had this year, I don't know, man. This just feels like a black magic team to me. So I'm going Kansas. Uh, I'm going to ride Kansas out for the whole season. I'm not saying they're going to go win the Big 12 or anything, but I think we'll see some kind of crazy, strange, magical season for Kansas. So I'm, I'm picking them to beat TCU. Boom. Boom. 45 minutes. Pretty good. Well, that's our show. Thank you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Before you guys log off today, please don't forget to drop us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on our Instagram and TikTok at Around the Keg and on Twitter at Around the Keg Pod. If you'd like to help support future episodes, please click the support link in the description of today's episode or check out our merch at AroundTheKeg.com. Send us any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show, and we'll be happy to include as much as we can. Have a great week. See y'all. <laughs>